Hello and welcome to episode two of the WDYOR podcast. I am Smive Mister and I'm joined today by my co-host. That's me, 8418. So this is a special edition of the podcast. Um, we're going to revisit Damien Hurst, The Currency. So if you haven't listened to episode one and you're not familiar with the project, I strongly recommend you go there first. However, for everybody else, welcome back. So before we start, better off explain where we have just come from. We've just come straight from the Henny offices in London. And we've been there because somebody had to pick something up. Yeah, so that was me. I've just picked up my physical painting and um, had a look at it. Burn the NFT. You pleased with it? Ah, very pleased with it. And I've just shown it to somebody else who's sat in the room with us. Yes. So even more interesting than, than the painting itself, we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by a special guest today, the one and only Mr. Damien Hurst. Nice to meet you. You too. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, really, no really problem. Um, we want to dig in, obviously. Uh, yeah, of course. To cover. So, um, yeah, look, let, let's, let's kick it off. You know, it's seven months in. How have you found it? Uh, I mean, it's amazing. What a journey. It's like, you know, it's blowing my mind. It's like, but I'm still uh, in lots of areas as lost as the next person as to what, you know, which way it's going to go, which way it should go. I mean, I, you know, I've been oscillating wildly as to what I'm going to do with my thousand for ever since the beginning, you know, and I kind of, because I come from the um, physical art world, I've always, I always lean heavily into it towards the physical, but then that makes me worry because you think, well, there's a lot of my physical artworks out there, but there isn't really a lot of NFTs out there. So maybe the NFTs, I should lean that way. And I keep going 90, 10, one way, 90, 10, the other way, 50, 50, and then back again. And I've been doing that for the whole seven, nine months. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into the NFT itself. And there's questions of any thousand, which we will inevitably ask. Go, go back a bit. Just give us a quick recap. The art itself. What, what was the journey that ended up with it being an NFT? Um, well, I mean, I started working with uh, Joe Haig, who owns Henny, uh, you know, a few years ago, like maybe seven, eight years ago. And he was, uh, you know, he worked on prints, but he's more of a manager. You know, he's somebody that I go to a lot with, you know, when I'm looking at... Um, you know, sort of pushing the boundaries of what's possible in terms of the art and, you know, and the art world and the way that they exist and, you know, trying to sort of invent the future in some way. So it's, you know, it's always been that kind of exciting. And in lots of ways, he's more, he's more pushy than I am, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot safer in lots of ways, even though I like to think I like to push the boundaries. I can kind of push, I can, I can kind of be a bit safe. And then with the currency, um, I went to him with a couple of these things that I'd made that weren't the currency. They were just like put works on paper where I just got some paint, made some dots using a pencil and I kind of liked them and I thought, well, this could be a print. And then I thought, well, if you make a lot of prints, maybe it's not a print. And it's like, I kind of knew like you can do an edition of like, you know, 500 or 200 or 150 and you can do these, you know, I'm thinking they're big numbers for prints. But then I was thinking, well, what if you did more? And then at what point, I mean, I've always thought about money being, you know, the fact that notes use uh, an image like an etching and coins use a relief like a sculpture. I've always thought it's kind of sculpture and painting money. And it's like, you know, no one's going to believe a white piece of paper is worth anything. So you kind of have to, it can't be just purely conceptual. You've got to put some kind of craft into it. So I've liked, I've always liked that and the way that people trust art. So I went to Joe with these things and said, what do you think about these? And he was like, great he said you know we should and I said I, I was thinking if you make a lot of them it becomes kind of like a currency and he said yeah yeah he said you know they're like you know a thousand pound notes or ten thousand pound notes he goes they're big notes and he said it's kind of cool as well when they you know that a lot of people are you know try, a lot of governments are trying to get rid of notes and then we kind of looked at it and then it was about 2016 I made ten thousand and I titled them all and then, and uh, signed them all, and we made you know I made them all, and then 
Joe called me one day and said, look, there's these things called NFTs. And it said, it's like, it's really important. And I think, you know, it's like, because, you know, money's not just notes and coins, it's also credit and everything. And we need to really look into this. So we started looking into it and then we spent, you know, three years looking at it and before we were ready. And then we said, okay, we've got to, by that time, the NFT world stuff. And we kind of went into that world and that was what made it be released when we did. When did we release it? I think it was 2000. August. 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 Yeah. 21. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Only 21. Feels like a long time. That's me. <laughs> Interestingly, we, yeah, we were all in various forms of lockdown. So the whole community, you know, I'm not a social media person, generally yeah. speaking been sat on that discord and maybe lockdown help because we're all sat at home and whatever but i do have a real life you know wife and kids and the rest of it but sat on the internet she thinks i'm having an affair because i'm saying you know I'm on, I'm on the internet all the time and now i'm going to meet people in london and all this sort of stuff but um i think that um yeah the timing even though it was last year i think it's for the community aspect of it which i think yeah. is important do you, do you look at it now as being a standalone like a sculpture or do you see it as part of the spot series or i mean you know with the, with the loads of work it's like i mean i've i mean ever since the beginning the thing that i get off on is asking the question why you know people said to me in the beginning because i did a show of all my friends work in 1988 where i put i was all these artists together that were at my art school and we did this show called freeze and then people said look you know you can't do that they said you've got to decide whether you're an artist or a curator and i was like why and then I asked the question, I looked at it, and there's no reason why. You don't have to decide. And it's just, you know, there's loads of those things that you have to do that people tell you after you do, and you just don't have to do them. So that's been, you know, I mean, I remember saying, you know, I want to change the world. And then people go, what into? And I'm like, I don't really care. I just want to change the world. But it's, you know, it's kind of a, a, a sort of childish thing, really. You know, I was mates with Joe Strummer, who has very strong ideas of what he wanted to change the world into. But I, but I was sort of younger than that. So in like 77, I was like 12. So I was too young to be a proper punk, but I got the vibe and that's what sort of disconnected it really from a kind of, you know, I want to change the world for the better. It's like, you know, I just like change and I've always just liked change, you know. And is that, does that get fiercer as you get older or stays? I don't know. I think in this world in, with the NFTs and stuff, it's like I've, you know, I've felt I have to, I've really had felt like I have to struggle to keep up and to look at it and to look at the potential and look at the possibilities. But, you know, it's exciting, but it's like I find in it, you know, it's like, you know, it really is like inventing the future. And I've, I've probably a few times I've just thought to myself, do I really want to be inventing the future in this way? Because it's like, it's, you know, there's, you know, I mean, people talk about roadmaps, but there really isn't one. And it's like, you know, you can kind of invent one, but it's like, you know, and also there's so many things that are contrary to what you believe is going to happen. The opposite happens. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, that one question of going not knowing what to do, you know, it's like I still don't know NFTs, what's the value, you know. It's like, I mean, that thing that happened yesterday with, or this week with the, with the coin that kind of dropped is like so expe- unexpected. And you just, you know, it's like, but so, so there's, you know, there's a huge reward, Luna, yeah. And there's a huge reward in kind of being in that zone, but it's fucking exhausting, yes. you know, to constantly have to be in there. But it's, and it's exciting. And it's like, you know, I kind of, you know, I'm luckily I'm in that, you know, I, I go into the traditional art world as I know it and then back into this world. But I think, you know, f- you know, it's the most exciting thing for a long time that I've been looking at and involved in and adapting. I mean, the most exciting part of it really for me is the, is the community. I think that's what cemented me into it because you can kind of look at it and go, I mean, you get, I mean, I suppose the duality of it as well, or, or the polarity, you know, you get people who, there's so many people who love NFTs and hate them and love physical and hate it. And it's like, I love that. It's like life and death. 
I love all those dualities. You know, I've always been into that in my work. You know, you know, butterflies are dead insects, or butterflies is beautiful love. You know, love and hate. You know, those kind of things. And I think it works like that. And it's like I kind of get drawn to it to it because there's that polarity. Um, and I suppose underlying it, I now, I mean, I know for sure, it's, you know, there's digital art and there's physical art, but underlying it is art. You know, it's just art. And it's like, there aren't really, not, neither of them really exist. You know, there's no difference. There can't ever be a difference between physical art and digital art because it's just art. But is, but is, is there not, does it not feel like there is a difference or has been a difference in this scenario? Because you've got, it, it must be unusual for you to, you know, 9,000 people give take, have your art and they all have a voice, an identity, it might be online, but they have an identity and an opinion. And it's very, I mean, is it a burden? Is it, are you enjoying that bit? I mean, what struck me about it is it's like, you know, you can kind of, you know, you go online into lots of scenarios and situations or you look at things, you know, it's like if you go to an Oasis concert now, it's full of horrors, you know what I mean, who used to be good. And it's like, you know, there's a lot, of, you know, I, went to, I took my kids to an Oasis concert a few years ago and it's, they're just like all these drunk, like 50-year-olds. And you just think, Jesus Christ, this is mayhem. You know, there's loads of communities and they're all a bit like this, but there's an amazing, in this community, I was shook and shocked by its kind of, uh, you know, friendliness and caringness, warmth or something. And you just go, what the, you know, as I went online and looked at it and followed a few things going on, you just go, you know, if somebody goes in and tries to rip people off, people jump in and help them. It's like, you know, especially like new people. I mean, even now also, I, I, when I first saw it was like that, I thought this won't last. Because <laughs> you just think, you know, somebody's going to want to take advantage of someone else. And it's like, you know, online, there's no, you know, you're online, so you can't, you know, nobody even can see anyone else. So I was sort of taken by that. And then, and so that made me sort of think that that sort of, you know, from a point of view, whether it's real art or digital art or whether it'll last, you kind of go, well, if that's in there, that means it can last. You know, it's, you know, it can be something that, you know, people love this. They like going in here, they ask questions, they're friendly, they're helpful, and it's not looking like it's going to change anytime soon. So I think that sort of drew me to it. And, and, it's a, and you know, it's a kind of human thing when the whole idea is that on a digital platform, it's not really, you know, the human thing's gone, but it's still in there in a big way. I agree. It's quite interesting in that obviously it's well run with the moderators. It's a professionally run Discord that, you, that you've got there. Yeah, quite a caring and open sort of place. I mean, some others as well, and they're not quite as uh, the same as that. So I think the community is, it's not necessarily unique, but it's certainly not in every sort of other NFT discord. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what happened really when Joe was looked into it for those three years was that was when he, you know, he came back and said, look, you know, it's, it, you know, he, he, you know, he kind of told me that it's like, community is a huge part of it. And that was, you know, because that was a big decision as well. You go, well, you know, we could make a lot of money or we could make a bit of money, and, but that money needs to be put back in for a lot of it. You know, you've got to make sure that you're managing it and you're doing all of that. And, you know, so, I, but I was trying to, it took me three years to get my mind around that and, and Joe three years to kind of look at that and, you know, you kind of have to, you know, there are probably easier ways to make money, you know, as well. But it's like, you know, if you put it back in, it feels like there are huge rewards. I mean, even now when, you know, lots of lots of things in the crypto world are falling apart, it still looks exciting. I mean, somebody said to me, you know, and also within that three years, a lot of, it became very, very, very fashionable. So it was sort of unknown and unfashionable. And then it became more and more fashionable. And, and it's like, and sort of looking at it, and then you just know that's going to die away again as well. And it's like, what's left? So I think... A huge part of it for us is about survival. We just, you know, so you go, if you survive it, there's going to be somewhere really exciting and some exciting things out there. You know, go governments don't like it, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> Big tick. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Can you put your finger on why you think it's worked? Because the, the, the art, a lot of artists have dropped an NFT, a variation of their own artwork. You, you didn't. You also had a much more fundamental, actually, I'd argue, multiple fundamental questions underneath it. 
was it the effort that was put into the structure? Was it the art in its own right? Or was it? I mean, I suppose what, what often happens is you kind of ask a question as an artist yourself and then you work it out in your studio and then you present it to the world. Whereas I think in this, I kind of very publicly asked the question without knowing what the answer was and I still don't know what the answer was. And I think it's that, you know, you, you know it's like, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, artists, artists are, uh, we need artists and, it, you know, art goes back to the cave paintings and it's like, you know, at some point in, the, in our past, long-term past, we just wanted to kind of brighten up our world in some way and then that, that, that has some sort of value and I don't know what that value is exactly. So I think that's the question is like you go, you know, what is this value? And I think it's like, I mean, you know, what, also the road is like, as we're going down this road, we're sort of finding our way. So I didn't really know what I was going because like I said, the currency was actually a, a totally physical world thing in 2016. And it was only going to be a physical world thing. And it was about, it was, you know, it was, it was already sort of called the currency. So it was about money. So I was a bit backward, you know, it was like money before credit and things like that or before, you know, credit cards, or before digital banking and things like that. So in my mind, it was like that. And so it made perfect sense for it to then go into this, you know, sort of world. But then once once I started asking questions and talking about NFTs and learning about NFTs and looking at it, it was the, it was the contempt and hatred from the one world to the other that I liked. I mean, I went, you know, oh my God, there are people who only buy NFTs. And you just think, well, who the fuck are they? Where's that from? And then, I mean, we looked at this thing called... Uh, Art Station in like 2017, 18, something like that. And I remember going on Art Station and I was like, who are these artists? You know, and there's like 6,000 digital artists. And I'm like, and you can just connect with them. And then my son was going, oh yeah, he said, if I, he said, I got somebody to design me an image off Red Dead the other day. I just went on Art Station, clicked on this thing. The guy designed me, I paid him 200 quid and I've got this drawing and I've put it up as my avatar with my mates on it. And I'm like, what? And I just, you know, I just couldn't believe it that there were these, these whole worlds existed yeah i mean you know but you know not not just little worlds like huge thriving worlds of you know of stuff that you don't even connect with as a holder both of us uh, it's fascinating you're a holder so you, you sit on that side of the fence as well but is it quite is it quite intense i mean there are a lot of opinions it's very i mean it's very visible i mean you're world famous anyway but so and does, every time you post some you know cherry blossom pizza or a picture of invader and you've got yeah 150 different theories do you enjoy that do you have fun with that um yeah i mean i think it's to do with the warmth of the community though i think if they were a bit more aggressive and you know you know if they, it'd be you know i don't know if you could manage it but it's to do with the fact i mean one thing i notice is that if i'm in the street now i mean i get people come up to me like well, i got the snooker with my friend ronnie O'Sullivan, and people come and go let me get a selfie can you do me a drawing but you know they'll get you in a headlock and try and do a selfie or they, you know they really pester and annoy you but anybody who comes up to me and goes i have a currency they go sorry to bother you don't mind. i've got no idea why but I'm always I'm always overcome by how careful they are when they come up to you. I mean, it, you know, but you kind of think, well, it can't be that all ten thousand or however many you think they can't all be nice. But you know, somehow it sort of is. Uh, I, think, I don't know, maybe because it's new or something. It's like you know, it's a kind of new thing, and everybody's you know, it's like I'm as excited to be part of the community as everybody else. You know, I mean, you know, Joe sometimes jokes with me and says, you know, you're a cult leader, and you think, what? You know, it's like cults have bad connotations, but you know, you can. I mean, I remember somebody once said to me before that, that your studio is like a factory and you go, yeah. And then people say it in a negative way. And then you, and then you always think, well, you know, factories can make dog food, but they can make Ferraris as well. Yeah. So it's not, you don't have to worry about the, you know, there's a good and a bad side to, to anything.
Interesting. Have you seen anyone wearing? So you did all the merch drop, and so thank you guys for that. I've not seen any merch. I've not seen any merch in the street, but I've had people come up to me going, "I've got a keyring," you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't wear my baseball cap. I thought it might be a bit weird if I did. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got one. I've got a keyring. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got a phone cover. Look. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah, I love that, and it's, it don't fit the new phone, <laughs> but I've kept it anyway. How does it work? Obviously, you, you mentioned Joe a couple of times there with regards to Henny. You're clearly yeah. artistic lead, but I mean, in terms of the eco-structure around it, is that, is that a team event? Do you just sort of brainstorm? Yeah, I mean, working with Joe, I mean, Joe's like, he loves artists and he thinks, we should, you know, artists should be pushing the boundaries and we shouldn't try and control them and you should do what you want. I mean, you know, one, one great quote by Joe is, one thing we do know is we don't know anything. And I think that's a really great approach to be having, especially in this world, you know, it's like, you know, and, and then also when I go, well, no, it's obvious we should do this. He goes, maybe. He always says, maybe. You know, it's like, maybe, maybe we try it. And, you know, it's like, you know, and he always goes, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make loads of mistakes, but we're going to hopefully we won't make the same mistakes twice, but we might. And I think that's a really good attitude to be, you know, looking at it. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, I mean, like I said to you before, underlying it all for me is that there'll be a point in the future where people won't differentiate between digital and physical art. And, you know, it's like that, you know, that's the thing that, you know, in my mind that I'm going after. But, you know, in lots of ways, I'm traditional and old fashioned. And it's like you have to sort of get through, get through to it. I mean, there was a time when I was younger with my kids where I, I mean, I, when, when Tomb Raider came out, I was I, like, I got it on the first PlayStation and I played Tomb Raider and I got totally obsessed with it, totally addicted to it, played it all night and looked at it. But there was a point where I got into that because it was um, the, you know, the POV. It was the first time that you had this three dimensional space that you could explore. And as soon as I saw that, I thought this world's going to like kick off. And then I had my son, I used to play with my son, who's 27 now. And he, uh, and then after that, my kids got into Habbo Hotel. I don't know if you know about that. It's like a hotel where you had to buy spaces and you can build rooms and in the room, you know, it's a, it was a bit like early Minecraft, but you know, a lot, a lot more simplified. And I, I tried to create a rule. I think I said it in, in the in, in an interview before, but where the, where they where they weren't allowed to buy digital goods with real money, and it lasted about ten minutes. And, it's like, and, I, and from that point on, I could never, I couldn't work out what I was trying to install. You know, I, was, I couldn't work out what the rules were. And it's really just from that point on, it's just sort of grown to where we are now. And it's like I still can't work out what the rules are. And it's like you you can't really, you know, you can't enforce that rule. And it's like they used to argue with me and they go, well, you buy songs on iTunes and they're digital. And you're like going, well, not exactly. And they're going, well, you know what, you know, you've, yeah, I can see a CV, CD, CDs a digital thing, but it's not a digital thing. But uh, the tune is when you buy it on iTunes and you're having these massive sort of complicated arguments with your kids that you can't argue with. It feels, for want of a better word, uh, you know, it just feels very early in the whole sort of thing. The whole crypto is, it's been around for a long time anyway, but it does feel quite early. And I think in the art world it you know it's still very early i mean i'm sure there's people out there that you know some of your contemporaries and people you might know that perhaps haven't got into it yet i'm perhaps would argue that you know it, it, it's not you know a digital thing isn't the same as a as a painting and it and it won't it won't yeah hurt. i mean i think it's i think it's um i think it's here to stay i think that's the point when i changed it's like, you know, when, back in those early days then, it's like you just think, well, it's a fad or it can be a fad or it can't not be. I mean, I remember when I was at art school in, I don't know, 86 or something like that, I was like looking and there were, there were loads of people in my year making video art, you know, and they'd get like some 
objects on a table and they'd move them slowly, videoing them, and they'd move up, you know, they'd pick up a glass of water and drink from it and put it back down. It was like, bored my tits off, you know. And it's like, there was millions of people doing that. And it was the great thing, you know, I had like seven or eight video artists who saw themselves, they thought they were Picasso and they'd all be at the school and they'd be thinking, you're just doing that old fashioned shit and we're like changing the world, what are you doing? And then they all disappear without trace. I never, I never got interested in video art because it just never, I never thought it's, it was permanent. It's like, it just didn't seem really connected to art. It was too weird. I mean, just by the fact that you buy it as well, you just go, well, what am I going to buy a video? I go, well, why don't I get him to video? Why don't you play on your TV and I'll do me a recording. I don't have to buy one off of you. I'll get that. And it just didn't have any sort of way of it, of people being able to sort of own it that made any sense. And then, and then, and then with the NFTs that changed, it just, you just go, this is, this, you know, it can be owned. And it's like, once it's, once that happens, it, it changes everything. And it, it, it can be owned, but it could also be, and you must have known this because you gave it that name. It could also be traded, it, it can be exchanged. Yeah. How, how you know, almost when one gets burned and puts in a frame, I get that because that's the world of collecting I come from, but it's also almost out of the game. So are you torn between the what's art, what's not art, do I burn, do I not? But also that movement. I mean, I'm... T- uh, it- <laughs> I think in terms of being a currency holder, I'm torn in the same way as all the other currency holders. But in terms of being the creator of the currency and what's going on with that, I'm not torn at all because I'm, I'm just excited by the possibilities. And, the, you know, I mean, I'm excited by things I don't even know about yet. So it's like I'm really at the forefront of the, of, you know, of being an artist and thinking and thinking about what might happen and where it might go and what's possible and what you can do. And, you know, it really is like the Wild West. There are no rules. And, and you know, or, you know, and even the people, and if anybody wants to put any rules in there, they're going to struggle. So it's a really exciting canvas, you know, but to me, it's like, you know, you, you used to get, I suppose it's a bit like when prints came along, you know, you have painters, and it's, it's obvious how you can paint, but then printing, when printing happened, it's kind of like that, because you suddenly go, you know, in this digital world, there's a way to sort of track, deliver, sell, trade, move around, you know, it, it's not even, the, you know, they, bec- they do become real because they're, they, you know, because they can be, because they can operate like real things yeah. in a way that you can trust. Whereas I think that example I gave of the video, it's like you could you can't trust that, you know, because you can't go. And also, you've got a video on your shelf that's next to your porn and you, your sister's wedding, and you're going, "That's art," and that them two are not, and people just can't understand it, you know. You'll have to excuse me reading here, but when you did the G G drop, um, and then on Instagram you had the the writing there when you sort of released yeah. it. So in your interview that you had with Mark Carney, he commented that money opens up infinite possibilities, which I think yeah. you could agree with. It can be taken further that perhaps uh, art represented as an NFT is the future being invented, and I think that's you wrote something like that, and that what that's what makes me think that it's early because yeah, I mean, I got into it, I, I got into it because I don't think it's going to change, and I think if you know, I don't think it's going to go away, so it doesn't it doesn't feel like you know those early days, like a new fad or a new thing. It's like you, you know, it really feels like I mean, I, you know, it had to get to the point. I mean, I've got friends like who are artists, and they're doing these things with like. Um, digital worlds and it's like I look at them and it's just exhausting you know it's like I have a friend called Matt Collishaw who makes these rooms that you can go in you've got to wear the virtual glasses you wear the backpacks you go in you kind of walk around you can do all this stuff and you look at it it's so clunky and awkward and great and I can see in that I go yeah at some point in the future this is going to be amazing but it's like you don't want to walk into something and go in the future this is going to be amazing you want it to be amazing now or you leave it alone until it is you know it's like people say to me will you do a 3d digital thing and with vr glasses and i'm like no but you know when it's a drop in the aisle do it just give me a call point that you know this whole thing with i mean you know it's it's just twofold it's the quest you know it's like it's the question of i mean i always believe if it looks good it is good 
And there was a thing in the past where there were, I think there was an exhibition years ago of a Vegas or something that had 35 Medigliani's. And you just think, how the hell have you got 35 Medigliani's together when you haven't even heard about it? And then you go in and they're all on screens. And you go, oh, that's how you get 35 Medigliani's together. But there was a time when I was, when I was at, you know, in the times we've lived, when I was at art school, we had, uh, you know, black and white photography was cheaper in a catalogue than colour. So, you'd, you know, I did a catalogue of I had one of my first spot paintings in it and I had it in black and white because it was cheaper and I couldn't afford it. And it's like now there's no difference in price. But also all the way up to that point, any reproduction of anything was never as good as the real thing. Whereas now I think reproductions are better than the real thing because you see more, you know, you can see more in an image than you can in the thing itself. So you can photograph paintings that put on a wall that look better than the paintings. We haven't even worked out what that means, but within that it means you can have a high-res image of something that you can buy as an NFT and you can print it out and it's like unbelievable. So it's not like this, we sort of all expect it to be second rate, but it's not. It's like, you know, top end. So you can have a digital screen on your wall, whether you like it or not, or you can have a, a, a printed image with any printer that just start looking unbelievable. And, it, you know, that in itself changes the world. So as, as that tech changes and evolves and advances and... You, you said earlier there's no roadmap with regards to the currency. Is it, is it more of a, you do think, I mean, you mentioned GE there, you, is that always part of your plan? Do you have a five-year plan or is it you will do things when they interest you? And I mean, there's a lot of stuff to do. You know, you know, we've got a setup where we've been building a lot. Of, like I said, a lot of the money goes back into the uh, to our you know whole construction of how we make things and what we do with Henny and all that. And we're investing and we're looking at it. And it's like, you know, but it's still really difficult for us to do things. So we got... And it's, you know, it's got a cost. So, so uh, you know, it's like, I mean, I'd love to be able to do everything that we want to do and just like get it all out there and do it all the time, you know. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's really difficult. You know, like you go, well, maybe the great expectations have babies or something like that. But it's like, you know, you have to really think through that and go through it and work it out. And then you've got to put loads of man hours in time and all of that, you know, like doing the GE in the first place. It's like, you know, it takes up, you know, what, six months of loads of people, everyone you've got working like mad to create this thing to then sort of deliver it, you know. So we that was, sorry. Secrecy, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, to us, it seemed like, a, you know, obviously a complete surprise. I remember exactly sat there on the in the front room on my phone. And Mrs. looking, why is he on his phone again? All the rest. It, it dropped. And um, so it felt like a massive surprise. And it was a surprise, obviously. But I guess it was in the, it was always planned, was it? Or No, no I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't always planned. Um, you know, it's like, I guess the question is always about how you, you know, how you put in a roadmap where there is no roadmap. And it's like people, you know, people want roadmap. I, I, personally, I hate a roadmap. And also because I like to change my mind. I mean, I like to surprise people. You know, it's a bit like going up to somebody going, um, I've got, here's a birthday present. They go, oh, wow, it's unbelievable. It's great. I go, well, I'll be getting one next year. And then you go, they go, well, can you sign a contract to say I'm going to get one next year? And maybe for the following three years, and maybe every five years, if it's hard work, you can have a day off, or you can have a birthday off and, you know, things like that. So as an artist, I guess a roadmap isn't, um, yeah, it just stifles creativity, I guess, does it? Uh, I mean, I think it's, I think it's quite, I mean, there's a certain amount where you want to get people, you know, you want to let people know that you're committed, your commitment to them. So there's that, you want to go, look, you know, I appreciate you as much as you appreciate me. But then when you want to go, well, you know, prove it, it's, you know, it's like, how are you going to prove it? Or, what you, you know, what are you going to do? But I think, you know, I think just by the fact that we did the, we dropped the GE, I mean, that shows how, you know, committed we are to everybody. I mean, you know, we could have sold it. We could have looked at it and said we sold it. And it might have, you know, it might be worth more now if we did. You know, we're still trying to work out things like that. It's like, you know, do you, you know, do you sell things? Do you give things away? Do you look at it? But I, my, my whole view on it is that we're in here for 
the long haul. You know, we want to be here in, you know, 20 years' time if we're still around. We want to be here as long as we are around, you know. And it's like, you know, I'd like my kids to be here if I'm not here and things like that. So it's like, I really want to try and look at it as a kind of permanent thing. Do you, do you, think, that, do you think that dynamic changes a little bit? Once the exchange window closes, and we'll talk about the burn in a second, but do you think that dynamic of people's expectation of respite is different when the physical option is removed? Do you know what? I've got no fucking clue. It's like, I mean, I kind of, you know, again, like that, I just change my mind all the time. It's like, I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go down in value. I wouldn't be surprised if people lose interest. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up in value. It's, I mean, you know, it totally surprises me, you know, what happens. You know, it's like, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what the true value is. I mean, it's like, I mean, I think that, I mean, what, what I look at all the time is you go, well, if you look at the price of the currency, it seems pretty good because it's, you know, we sold them at two grand. So if you go, if you sold them at two grand and they're hovering above that, you know, at 10, 20, whatever, you know, even down to six, you go, okay, that's pretty good. But then, but then you go, but what are they worth? You know, I don't, you know, and in the future, what are they worth? It's like, you just, who are the, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, when I make art, I go, I make art for people who haven't been born yet. So I sort of get my mind around that idea because you, because I've looked at the books and I've looked at Picasso. I've looked at all these examples of people who've done that and how it works now. And you see, you know, I sit there, I go, well, my things are like, you, know, you can buy a painting for $1.2 million. It's a lot of money. You could buy a street where I grew up for that, but it's still a lot of money. But then you go, there's a Warhol selling for $200 million. So you go, okay, it makes sense. Whereas in the NFT world, there's none of that. So you can't go, well, you know, these are, this is a lot or a little. I don't know if two grand is a lot or a little to sell them for in the first place, but it seems that we did the right thing when you look at the selling for like up to 10 now. Yeah. But then whether they're worth a hundred grand in the future or a million, I've got no fucking clue. But it, it feels cold. It, it, you know, you've got an opportunity to speak to David Harris and you talk about money. It's like, but it, it forces you into that. I mean, particularly at the moment, obviously crypto's all over the show, but it does force you to bring in a monetary conversation. I don't mind that. I love that. No, I love that monetary com conversation because I think art's part of life. And I've always thought of it as being, you know, as important as love or something like that. Because it's like, you know, money's really, you know, even when I did that interview with Mark Carney, it's about trust. And it's, you know, it's like we have to buy into some sort of trust relationship where money doesn't exist. It's, you know, it's a dirty word, but it shouldn't be. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you were asking me about what, happens after the burn is like you know and I, I, mean, I, I mean one thing I think about with the currency and everything else I look at it and I go these are going to be antiques and it's like that's mental you just go hang on a minute I've got no clue what I'm doing I don't know what the future holds I don't know what they're worth people in the traditional art world are saying are you still doing that and they're just going how do you even buy it you know it's like you can't buy them I don't I haven't got one because I can't buy them you can't buy them and then you go but they're still going to be antiques and it's like they're going to be look, they're going to look retro and old, you know, like crypto punks are antiques. Yeah, yeah. And you're just thinking, how the fuck did that happen? And it's when we don't know where we're going. You've still got this sort of thing going on. And and, and you know, I think about something like surrealism. You just think, imagine all those surrealists back in the day who weren't really surrealists, who were just shitting on boiled eggs and saying it was art. And it's that all that's gone now. You know, so you're probably looking at like one percent of what you know what was around in the day. You know, it's like everyone's brother and everyone's uncle would have been a surrealist. You know, because it's like it's so easy to get away with it. Yeah, anybody who didn't want to do anything, you just go. You know, you just go. Oh, I know what I do. I put a shoe on my head and I get to the. I get get down the pub. And people go, "What are you doing?" You go, "I'm a surrealist." And so you've got a lot of that going on in this world as well, which you know, which eventually will be removed. And and, yeah. and talk to us about the burn. So we call it a burn. Is it even a burn? I don't know. That's even been. It's a burn, but it depends what you mean by a burn. Well, a question I'd like to ask is. How does it feel that you're going to have to, yeah, I presume physically or just destroy 
bodies of work that you and your team have created how, how how do you feel about that yeah i mean that's the only sort of bad point about it but i kind of try and tie that down to my sort of inability to 100 percent get comfortable with a whole new world but you know no, you know i mean so you know i think it's a lot easier you know i mean i can't Im- i couldn't never imagine myself saying i've done away with the entire art world as i know it and i only buy nfts and i only create nfts from here on in so, but i think that's wrong anyway but yeah, the first, you know, I mean, I remember Joe coming to me one day and he said, um, are you cool with destroying loads of your own art? And I think when he first said it to me, I thought, no one's going to burn any. <laughs> no one's going to go for the NFT. I just thought no one will go for the Yeah, no, I'm cool because no one's going to go for the NFT. That was my first thought, like quick like that in your head, my head. And then I was like, oh, no, hang on. Yeah, a few people will. And I was like, oh, no, hang on. Oh, fuck. What if loads do? What if everyone does? And then I was like, shit. And then I thought, oh, yeah, so I've got to deal with that. And then the whole you know the whole thing with that is it's just what you have to buy into in order for it to be art so that's that's the hurdle and then once you get over that hurdle you know that's it you just go yeah i'm in and it's part of the art and that but that it, it reminds me of when i'd made the fly piece which was like you know i had an idea and i said i want to do this piece with flies in it and they fly around and they live for a few weeks and then they go in there's a fly killer and they get killed by the fly killer and the idea i thought yeah that makes sense it's great it's brilliant but when i first made it and flies started getting killed i was like what the fuck have i done and i shouldn't be doing it as well everything in my part beings goes you shouldn't be doing this this shouldn't happen art's not that important you know it can't be the important that flies die for art you can't do that and uh but then you but then you you know you kind of look at it and go maybe you can but it's, it's really to do with you know, it's like conceptual, isn't it? It's like, is the, you know, how far does the concept need to go before it hits reality? And then is it worth it? And it's like... It's so funny because I joked uh, on Discord, kind of. I didn't let them know as a joke. And I said, I'm going to pick up my painting on Friday and I'm going to take it out on the street and set it alight. And they, <laughs> and they said, you're going to burn the painting. Like, yeah, going to do it low. Why, why should I not? But how much did you pay for the question, the fundamental yeah, questions that aimed, and they, people thought I might, obviously not going to, just to let you know, but, um, you know, it really opened it up on a, a really sort of small level because all of a sudden people thought that I was absolutely crazy and I was going to buy something and then go outside and burn it, you know, and he's like, they said, why don't you burn the NFT? And I said, well, hang on, is that not the same? And this whole dialogue went on yeah. and I think it's going to, what, we're less than 80 days out now and I think, there's, people are going to really question themselves. 60 million plus, it's years of work. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, but, it, you know, it is what it is. It's like, it's you know, that was the whole thing, is once we once we created that, that, that's the choice. And it's about people as much as it's about these objects and bits of paper and digital things. You know, it's, it's you know, also you're not burning it, you know, because it's like once it burns, it's like you're sort of cementing the NFT. It's like that creates that as the only thing. So it's like, you, you know, you sort of, you know, you're disconnecting it, but it's but this thing still exists, which is not there. And it's like, you know. You could burn the NFT at any point during the process. Yeah. You couldn't do it the other way around. So you couldn't burn the physical in advance. Was that? Yeah, I mean, I think you could, or as you go, or as people buy them, you burn them, you know, or whatever. Sorry, as, as people, uh, you know, take them, we, we can burn them. You know, so. Yeah, but did, what did you deliberately decide that, okay, you can take the physical early, but the NFT needs to all be... No, I think we just weren't sure how we would burn the right. NFTs. Uh, no, sorry, not the physicals. I, I, we, you know, we couldn't decide exactly how to burn the physicals and what we sh- whether we should burn, burn them, or whether they just disappear or, you know, what we do. I mean, one thing I always thought about was, a few people have mentioned it as well, is that when you burn it, there's ash, physically burn it. Yeah. 
and they were going, well, why don't you use something with the ash? And I just thought that never fucking ends. And it's like, you kind of, it's, the burning is about, you know, getting rid of it. It's not about turning it into something else. So it's not about that transformation. It's about eradicating it. It has to go. So I think conceptually, you know, we sort of worked that out. But then what I was always thinking was, should we make a spectacle of it or should we not? Or should we make a thing about it? Should we involve people? Should we not? And all that sort of stuff. So I think, you know, it sort of felt like if you did it as you go, it, you, things sort of peter out. Yeah. So there might be a spectacle, but maybe not. No spectacle. Might be a spectacle. Might be a spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the idea is we would quite quite like to have a spectacle, and we'd quite like to. Would you, uh, would you expect backlash from that? I mean, I remember when the K Foundation burnt a million pounds. You know, Bill Drummond did all that. I remember. I mean, I, you know, when I was young and I grew up, I didn't have you know any money, and I'd have the electric cut off and things like that. So money's, you know, quite a big issue if you haven't got enough. You know, if you haven't got enough for the basics, it's quite a big issue. But it's not exactly burning money, I don't think. But I remember when Bill Drummond burnt the money, I thought, you can't do that. I mean, I thought, first of all, is it real? Can't be real. It's not real money. But then one of my friends was a curator who went along, and they, they picked, like, curators in the art world to pick up the money, and they gave him, like, 100,000, 50 grand each, and they had to take all the money. And he nicked 10 grand out of it. <laughs> and so I know it's real. So then that was like, fuck, shit, man. You know, they, they burnt a million pounds. Well, minus 50, minus 10 grand. 25, 30 years later, we still all know, we all remember it. Yeah. Yeah, but you just kind of think, you know, if there's somebody sat on family allowance and they can't afford to pay the bills, you just think, is that right? You know, it's like, it's, it's I think, I mean, you know, you want to you sort of go money shit because because you need it, but then you have to respect it. So there's got to be some sort of respect of money going on. And if there isn't, it becomes quite an insult to people and, and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, all, I mean, there aren't easy answers to any of those things, but I think that's the, the way I do it for me in my own head is I just go, you're kind of cementing the NFT by burning the physical. Um, and because you can click a button to do it the other way around. I mean, I suppose there's another thing, isn't there, is that the physicals, to the, the the NFTs to the physicals that the people have taken kind of still exist. Yeah. Get sent yeah. to a burn, burn wallet, don't they, or something like that. Yeah, but it may, in a way, maybe that shows the difference. Maybe that shows that the things are a lot more connected than we really realise. It can certainly be pro- proven to, uh, or proven that the you know. So when I burnt the NFT for this, if if I wanted to, I could go and look up the original. Yeah. Without getting to details of the blockchain that has gone to a burn wallet, whatever, and can never be touched again. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know, that painting, it could sit in Henny, and you say you burnt it, and we'd have to believe it. You know. So that. Yeah, I mean, we did think about that as well. We thought we have to be transparent, you know, from in that creative process, looking at it, saying, you know, we kind of. You know, we, I mean, we sort of said it'd be nice to have videos of it being uh, burnt, you know, to be able to sort of video it, look at it, it's like that, you know, that sort of thing. And, and also that, you know, humorous thing between burning an NFT and burning a physical yeah. and what they mean in the physical and the digital worlds. That's, that's fun as well. Have you, I know you won't say, have you decided in your head or does it literally change? For me, what I'm going to do, yeah. I don't have thought about it this morning. I thought I was going to keep all digital. But then, uh, and then when you came in and you burnt yours, I thought, I'm going to keep the digital. Because just because you burnt yours, I'm going to keep the digital. Because I wanted to go, ha, to the people who took the physical. No, but I meant, no, but, well, well, also with me, it's a kind of message, isn't it? So I kind of think if I, if I had, if I go 50-50, it's sort of weak. So I'm tempted, I'm really, I really don't want to go 50-50. There's a general view that, in my small circle, that, no one knows which way you're going, but you will go one way 
Yeah, well, that, well, that's. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. But I might go fifty-fifty. But I think, yeah. But I do oscillate, and you know, I'm sort of thinking whatever I do, I should probably keep ten percent of the other. But then you suddenly think, but mind you, if you just kept a hundred percent digital, that'd look great, wouldn't it? People would think you're a hero in the NFT world, and it's the new world. <laughs> That's future. Yeah, but will it be a bulk process, and we have to sit there and do it? Well, the rest of us. But you let Joe do it for you, <laughs> isn't it? Well, yeah, they'll be burnt with all the others. They'll be burnt with all the others, but it's like, I don't know how, we, how we'll do it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to burn them all. Sort of final, uh, sort of long question from me is, uh, NFTs are traded and whatever, you know, it's, it's online auction places effectively, isn't it? And um, do you find that, or have you got any thoughts about sort of traditional art galleries and the way, you know, some of them have started to do NFT sales and this sort of stuff? Because to me, it feels a bit like, yeah, blockbuster videos versus Netflix sort of thing, you know? You know, do we think that art gallery, there'll always be a place, obviously, for them selling art, but do you think they've even got to move with it and, as they seem to be doing and start selling NFTs? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, galleries are Victorian, aren't they? So they were kind of built to sell art in the way that the, it hasn't changed much since the Victorians were hanging a painting on the wall behind a curtain and you pull the curtain and you go, ta-da, and then you go, how much is it? And, you know, they were kind of built for the old uh, industrialists and the Rockefellers and all that sort of, those sort of people as well. You know, it's like, it's not really about NFTs going into the old physical world. It's, I mean, NFTs are in the physical world and it's what a gallery is going to look like in the future. But I can't, you know, I, I don't see them fitting comfortably in that world currently, you know, and then, you know, the num I mean, you know, even, I mean, it's like, you know, it, they sort of have to accept crypto in order to do that. And then, and then, but you think, well, if you were accepting crypto, you would have done it before now. I mean, I, I mean, I love art. I love paintings. You know, I mean, I love books. You know, you look at Kindles and, and stuff like that and everybody goes, you know, books are done for. And it's like, and then they're still here and you just go, are they going to be around forever? And I think paintings are the same thing. I mean, I, you know, you love a painting. You just think, I mean, I, my gallery said to me recently, you know, because there's been, you know, because of the success we've had in the NFT world, they've said, do you think you might stop making paintings? And I said, no, I won't stop making them, but I might stop selling them. And they look horrified. But, you know, it's like, I, think, I think there's something more like that would happen, you know, that you kind of go, well... You've done the deeds thing, which is... Yeah, for the empresses, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, all that thing just raises more questions and just looking at it. I mean, one thing that I think is really important is that, you know, you value your clients, customers, your community, whatever you want to call it, and you kind of work with them to kind of work it out. And you accept that you don't know what you're doing. I mean, in, in all businesses, you get people who go, follow me, I know what I'm doing. And in this one, you have to go, follow us, we're right behind you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got some, like, quick-fire questions, just short answers. Is that right? We yeah, just run through those, and then we can sort of wrap, wrap it up with conscience of time. So... Um, if you can remember your favourite tender from the series, favourite tender name. Well, we mentioned it earlier, didn't we? When we came in, Foreskin Simpleton was a great one of mine. Um, yeah, I like a few of the smelling. Smelling? I was going to say spelling mistakes. <laughs> um, actually, no, I do have a favourite. It's dog shit. How often do you get stuck by people saying, I've got a tender? Oh, I definitely get people once or twice a week. You know, uh, I've uh, a couple of times. I well, I go, I, you know, I eat at a restaurant called Scotts, and uh, I get photographed there a lot. So I've had a few people come up to me when I'm having dinner, but they're always very respectful. You've already answered this one, um, yeah, about the merch. So you haven't seen anyone out there. So like, yeah, I've not seen anyone out wearing it. So anyone, get your umbrellas out. You know, stop sticking them on eBay. Those that have and um, start using them. Yeah, they're, they're an umbrellas to be used in the rain or the sun, I guess. You know, right, <laughs> um, favorite artist right now. Uh, Invader. Yeah. You see? Massive Invader fan. This Instagram post is caused. Oh. 
Yeah, I got um, I got shadow banned. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it was the either the white hat was a bit something. I've had to Google what shadow band meant. I didn't even. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Pablo Escobar was his uh, Rubik painting in the background, so it could have been that. But, you know, it's just an image, isn't it, from everywhere? But yeah, you could give him a nudge into the NFT space. His work would lend itself to this area. Yeah, I was saying that to him. I was saying that his uh, work is kind of NFTs before NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. My kids have like loved his work for years, and I've always looked at it. But yeah, yeah. yeah but they look. I mean, they're just it's just so unbelievable. I mean, it's the real deal. Yeah, agreed. As an artist, you know, and a lot, you know, I look, I'm, I'm always suspicious of those people who, uh, you know, they, they they don't like people to know who they are. I think, well, what you got to hide or something? It's like quite hard to think. Well, if you're, you know, in art, you're supposed to be the truth or something. And uh, it's hard to be the truth when you're, you know, pretending to be something you're not or something like that. But um, I guess I've got used to it now with Banksy, with Richard Prince is a bit like that as well. He's like, you know, he's a sort of outlaw. You know, they, they see themselves as outlaws, but no matter how successful they get. Um, yeah, but my favourite at the minute is definitely Invader. Excellent. Uh, favourite NFT project other than THC, if you got one? Uh, I quite like the Mad C one that um, Henny have just done. Yeah. Tyler, of course. Yeah, CryptoPunks, I mean, because we looked at them very early on, they were like, you know, something good. And CryptoKitties, the change, the great, you know, the the big drop that Yacht Club did with serums, that was, you know, exciting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I love all that excitement and stuff as well. But I think I just like anything, there's, there's so much shit out there, though, isn't there? Do you, do you feel closer to your collectors as a result of the currency? Uh, I mean, it's a different. It's a whole different group of collectors. I mean, I really love doing the AMAs and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like I should be more open and more engaging. And you know, I mean, I'm a bit more jaded in the in the physical art world, you know, because I've been through lots of crap and I've had people and pestered. And you know, I've sort of, got, I've, you know, I've kind of got used to it. You know, I mean, I remember in the physical art world, I uh, I was watching TV once, and there's this thing on there. It's called affordable art and there was like these people living in council flats who had like little art collections there was this woman who had like a little print of mine which was you know 900 quid or something that she'd bought for and she was going you know my dream would be to have a real Damien Hirst and I remember watching it and I thought oh brilliant so I'm gonna like I'm gonna send her one so I sent her a real painting so I found out who she was sent her a real painting and it's like you know she got it and then you know a few years later she contacts me and said I'm building an extension and a handbag and I'm gonna have to sell it and I was like, ah, damn, you know. So I've got jaded in the real art world. So I feel a little bit more like I did at the beginning when I sent her the painting in the in the uh, NFT world. So fresher. I feel fresher and more optimistic and hopeful. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess you guess you can look at it two two ways. Is like um, in in the NFT world, I'm sort of still at the point of saying, see the good in everyone. Whereas in the real world, I'm saying um, people are shits until proved otherwise. <laughs> been very kind to speak to us so long we've covered a lot of our short answer questions in the long format really but um and and i think for us you know that we can that you want to ask us to as collectors you know um, that are normally aliases on discord what's your experience of nfts been like and how's it changed your lives right so now i'm skint oh yeah there's always that (laughs) no it's good it's been really good it um (laughs) it um like i say i'm not really a big social media sort of person whatever so it's given me uh, like a a hobby really uh, you know to it's changed my life in that you know small i've come and met damien hurst and i think if i'd bought a painting from you probably couldn't afford it back in the day or a print or whatever 
so so that's changed you know so everything i feel more in touch with the the piece and i've now got the physical piece and it'll go on my wall and um when people come round, i'm gonna have a great story to tell people other than that's a damien hurst because you know sometimes people just don't you know some people aren't into art and um, so that's changed yeah. my life that way. And yeah, just, brilliant. In the nicest possible way, I don't hope this isn't insulting. It's, it's way beyond you now. Yeah, yeah no, of course. That's why I love it. No. So truth be told, I kind of, the NFT was a bit of a pain, but I really wanted the tender, and I thought, well, I could put up with that for two months, and then I'll become the other end. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm, I'm sitting there in your apartment talking about NFTs. Yeah. The, so best, yeah, we had a, the best thing for kind tour of, um, you know, downstairs yeah. of the studio, and was it's a sort of cultural snapshot of that time, and it reminds me of, all that kind of stuff. And now this is new technology, you know, NFTs and whatever. And actually, are you, have you got another one that you're going to keep the NFT? Yeah, because I, I am a coward, so no, I'm, I'm, I'm I call myself You sort of need a minimum of two. Yeah, but then you want three, and it doesn't solve the challenge. Yeah. If you have three, you have to have four. Um, last thing, uh, obviously, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. It's been fascinating. I mean, have you got any questions for... Or any statements you want to make for the, for the Discord community, for our listeners, for anyone looking at maybe buying a tender, anything you want to say to them? Um, I mean, like I said before, it's really the warmth of it is what sort of, has, you know, got me involved. And it's infectious as well. So it's like, you know, from my point of view, I feel like if, you know, I feel a lot more um, keen to get involved in, the, in that world than I do. You know, it's like if my gallery called me up and said, look, we've got loads of people to buy your paintings and want to come in and... Uh, you've got to do a belly dance for them on Friday, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Whereas if I had to do a belly dance for the community in uh, the Discord, I'd probably do it. <laughs> be careful what you are. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I've got plenty yeah, of belly. We'll, we'll put that in then. Yeah. <laughs> no, great stuff, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally we are listening and we're listening very hard and we're questioning everything and we take everything on board and we want to make sure that it works and works for everybody. And we appreciate the community, you know, in a huge way. Um, and you know we know we know we totally understand that we can't exist without a community and a growing community, you know. And we want it to work, but it's like how we actually, you know, we have to be, you know, you have to be careful because there's so many things that you can do things that you think are right that can be wrong, and you can do things that are wrong that work out being right. So, so you know, I mean, we, we I mean, part of it, I, mean, I suppose we have a roadmap where we're, we're definitely saying that we want to, you know, we want to make sure everyone's okay, and we want to make sure that you know, people feel good about what they're doing here for whatever reasons. You know, we want to feed the community. That's a fact. And that's, you know, that's sort of basically the only roadmap we've got. Excellent. Damien, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you all for listening.